The word of the Lord from Luke chapter 12, verses 35 to 40. Jesus said, Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning, and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. While the cat's away, the mice will play. It never fails. As soon as the boss is gone or parents leave for a while, things change around the office or the house. Back when I was on vicarage studying to be a pastor... I was the low man on the totem pole of a church with 5,000 members, five pastors, and a youth director. The place had been built from the ground up by the senior pastor who worked about 80 hours a week and expected everybody else to do the same. He'd made a name for himself, and so his work schedule was further complicated by frequent speaking engagements. When he was around, you made yourself scarce, so that he didn't give you more to do. But when he was gone, things changed. Staff members would stop and say hi and chat, maybe even have lunch together in the office, something considered a serious waste of time by the boss. Strange as it may sound since we were there six days a week, it was almost like a reunion of old friends who hadn't seen each other for a while. Halfway through one of his three-day trips away, the secretaries organized a pizza party in the office for lunch, and I'll never forget. Partway through our stolen moments of fellowship, the door flew open and he stormed through the office back early and in a foul mood because of unexpected difficulties. He made a beeline for his study and closed the door as we stood frozen, I seem to remember one worker petrified, a slice of pizza halfway in his mouth. Happily for me, I was tucked in a corner unseen, the vicar at the lowly end of the table. The others were not so lucky, and the work lists assigned that week were heavier than usual since clearly, in the senior pastor's estimation, the staff didn't have enough to do. The cat had come back unexpectedly and found the mice eating pizza right outside his office door. We'd been caught unprepared for his coming. Jesus says in our text, Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning, and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. 
Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. So Jesus begins the first parable of our gospel lesson for this night. And this probably resonates with his listeners. The crowd composed largely of the poor and lowly. There are worse jobs than being a household servant and plenty of people who can take your place if you prove to be lazy or incompetent. It's a living, and a living doesn't come all that easy. So the crowd can fill in the scene from there. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake because they get to keep their jobs and keep working to please him. They have an opportunity to score points when he arrives and they're ready to serve up a hot meal to him. They'll certainly look better than those who are caught napping or playing. That's just how this world works. Ah, but the parables that Jesus tells rarely work according to the ways of the world, right? What happens when this master comes and finds his servants awake? He doesn't tell them to bring the bags in and prepare them a late dinner. No, he dresses himself for service and has his servants recline, and he comes and he serves them. The master returns and becomes a servant to the servants who are waiting for his return. He's still the master. They're still the servants. They don't get to order him around, but he is a master who comes to serve. Where Jesus is the master, this is hardly new news that the master comes to serve, but it is always a comforting news that you and I can never hear enough. The master has come and set up his household already. That coming was first noticed in a manger in Bethlehem. From that humble beginning, the master lived a life of service, remarkable service. Were he to sit down on a throne and say, Now worship me because I deserve all glory and honor and power, he would only be telling the truth. But he did not come to be served. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He lived to speak life by his word, to destroy the power of sin and devil and disease. Then he died on a cross for the salvation of the world. That's how this master set up his household. Then he departed on a journey, so to speak. He rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, but not before declaring that he would return in glory and not before telling his people to stay awake and await his return. So you and I are the servants in this parable waiting for our master to return. You stay dressed for action and you keep your lamps burning. You keep wearing the robe of Christ's righteousness that he gave you in your baptism. Every sin seeks to get you to slip out of that robe, to be found naked and ashamed apart from the holiness that he has wrapped around you. So you remain a penitent servant, daily repenting of your sin and shunning temptation. That is how you stay awake rather than the dopey slumber of unprepared unbelief. It's by the grace of God that you're ready for his return. And when the master does return, what does he do? He serves. He is God, and God is love, and love cannot help but serve others. This should give us pause when we think about eternal life in heaven. 
In scripture, we hear of the faithful gathered around the throne and singing praises to Christ. Yet the Lord surely cannot stop serving, for he is love. How great is the grace of God that, for Jesus' sake, he not only promises to save you, but his love and service to you continue for eternity. He remains God, and you remain you. It's not that you become the boss forever, but you are saved by a God who serves. Isn't it a shame that so many fear Christ's return because they do not trust in his grace? And so they fear what he will require of them for their lack of service and lack of good works? But you pray for the Lord to come quickly because you know he delights to serve and he loves to give. Your master loves to give. Consider, in the parable of the talents, the Lord greets you on the last day by saying, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. In the parable of the sheep and the goats, he says, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. There's not a hint of, You just barely squeaked by, but I guess I'll let you into heaven. Likewise, in Revelation 2, he says, The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. And he doesn't add, although I might slap you around for a bit for being such a nincompoop. He says a few verses later, The one who conquers and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. Not, I might let you look at a diorama of the nations, but you'd better not touch. I bring this up, that God delights to serve and to give, because... You are tempted to judge God's faithfulness by recent experiences more than by his promises. If 2023 dinged you up, let you down, saw to a failure or a broken dream, the temptation is to start to think of God as stingy or yourself as unworthy. God is not stingy, and the time will come when trouble and grief of the past year are no more. Now, apart from Christ, of course you're unworthy. But in Christ, the kingdom of heaven is yours. Until then, until he returns, you rejoice that the master continues to serve. He is not far away between his ascension and his return in glory. The master gathers you here this night and humbly speaks his life-giving word to you. He gathers you to his table, and he feeds you a supper of his own body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. How gracious is the Lord. He comes and he serves you. You are awake and waiting his return even now because he is here to keep you awake in the faith, enlivened and enlightened by his means of grace. The Lord gives us one more short parable before our gospel reading ends. He says, But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. 
So the master from the first parable becomes the thief in the second one. Thieves don't tell you when they're going to show up and break into your house. They arrive unexpectedly and catch people unawares and completely unprepared. The wise master of a house stays vigilant at all times. He keeps his guard up and his household in order so that whenever a thief might arrive, the household is ready. Now, elsewhere in the New Testament, in 1 Thessalonians 5, Jesus is ascribed as one who comes like a thief in the night. It is not that he comes to steal, nor that he is scheming to make sure that you are unprepared for his coming. Rather, just as you have no idea when a thief will try to break into your home, you have no idea when the Lord will return. Your sinful nature will use this news to accuse the Lord of being unfair. After all, it argues, you're the little mouse who only wants to play a bit, and yet the big bad cat named Jesus keeps threatening to show up right in the middle of some harmless, unrepented sin and condemn you forever. That's some terrible savior you've got, says your old Adam, who dumps you for a long trip to heaven and says, you'd better be behaving when I get back or else. And so you're tempted to believe that Jesus has left you on your own until he returns. And then you're tempted to resent that the Lord doesn't allow any fun while you've been abandoned until he comes. But then you remember the first parable again. You're not abandoned. And the fun, also known as sin, is what condemns you. The Lord is not far away, but until he returns in glory, he continues to serve you with grace so that you are not abandoned, but so that you might have eternal life. That's your hope as this year ends and another begins. If we are relatively few in number here tonight... That only testifies all the more to the greatness of the Lord's mercy. He doesn't promise only to visit big gatherings, but promises wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So the Lord is with you. He comes as the master to serve so that you might be sure that whenever he returns, you are awake and you are ready. For in Christ... You are already a servant in the house of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.